my name is Ethan Lovelace. Uh, I attend here at, at New Horizons. Uh, for, forgive me, I'm just coming over cold, so if I sound like Kermit, that is the reason. Um, I'm actually uh, talking today because I am uh, the president of the uh, IJM at CMU campus chapter, um, which sounds like a big thing, uh, but really we're just uh, consist of me and my wife and then two other wonderful college students that love the work that IJM does um, and really have a passion for seeing slavery come to an end in our lifetime. Um, so yeah, I just would, this is us up here. Um, it's me and my wife, Jordan. Uh, Jordan is uh, our VP, Vice President of Internal Communications. Uh, up on the right-hand side is Riley Hickey. She's our Vice President of Prayer. Um, so she leads prayer at our meetings and at our prayer gatherings. Uh, and then Krista, just down here, she is on the bottom left. Uh, she's our Vice President of Advocacy, so she leads our advocacy events. Um, and also our coffee cart, which is up there as well, um, which is one of our big things we do on campus. We wheel that out every Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and we just make coffee. You guys probably saw it out in the lobby. We make coffee for students and talk about people who are in slavery. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give you a, a couple things that we do uh, as a group, just so you know, um, you know, kind of what our role is in the Valley and, and at CMU. We, um, we run the coffee cart. We also do this thing called Threads, which is like a pop-up thrift shop on campus uh, where we take clothing donations and we sell them and, and give the money to funding rescue operations for IJM. We have a global night of prayer to end slavery. That's also on campus, November 9th. If you're interested, please let me know. Uh, but we gather together and we pray for the enslaved um, and, and that they would be found and rescued. Uh, and then we also do Freedom Fast. So around Thanksgiving time uh, that week, we all fast uh, together and pray for people in slavery. Would you mind handing me my water bottle, Jordan? Thanks. Um, so yeah, truthfully, I don't have a super, you know, grand inspirational uh, speech to give. I just wanted to give a, a little bit of background of what we could do uh, as the local church in ending slavery in our lifetime, which I believe is very, very possible. So um, just to give you a couple establishing facts of what slavery looks like right now, um, there are 40.3 million people enslaved uh, worldwide. Um, so roughly, that's a little more than the population of the entire state of California. Um, so there's that many people around the world who are in slavery, and slave owners make about $150 billion a year, which is more than big oil, U.S. banks, and Google all combined. So slave owners profit a lot off the backs of people um, of the world's poor. So the good news is, is that we can all do something. Uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to get these feelings of inadequacy when I see stuff like this. Uh, I start to think, well, what is my place uh, in this? I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I don't speak other languages. I mean, raise your hand if you do. You lawyer, speak other languages. Uh, you're in social work. You're in law enforcement. You grew up in third world countries. I imagine that there's probably only a handful of us that have actually done those things. Um, but for the most of us, I'm with you. Uh, and I want you to know that there are just a few simple things that we can do as Christians and as the local church uh, to do justice every single day. Uh, so if you start seeing things like this and ending sentences with stuff like, well, what can you do? Um, I'd like to share with you what we can do. Uh, and, and I'm reading out of Micah 6, 8. 
Um, this is just a, a verse that the Lord has really just put on my heart as we've been doing this work of, uh, through IJM at CMU. Um, to give a little context, Micah 6 8, uh, Micah was a minor prophet. Um, and what was going on in Israel and Judah at the time of uh, Micah's prophesying uh, was, there, was a, there was a lot of injustice. There was corrupt governments. They were taking bribes. Um, there was this thing called property grabbing, which still goes on in many parts of the world today, where uh, when a woman's husband dies, uh, oftentimes his family will run her off the land, um, and she'll become homeless or they'll kidnap her children because they believe as a woman she has no right to that land. Uh, so IJM works with uh, women who have experienced property grabbing and, and helps them uh, get their land returned to them. So uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on in Micah's day uh, in Israel and Judah is still going on today. Um, so Micah wrote uh, the book of Micah, which is often called God's Lawsuit Against Israel, which I think is appropriate because IJM is a, a team of lawyers. Uh, so as God's lawsuit against, uh, uh, against Israel, in Micah 6, 8, he says, um, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but this, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Now, um, maybe next Sunday, Pastor Andy's going to hit loving kindness and walking humbly with your God, but this is Freedom Sunday, so we're going to talk about doing justice and what that looks like for us as a church. I think that would be appropriate. Um, I I think as we look at this verse, uh, we should not take the word required very lightly. Um, This is the God of the universe we're talking about, the God that created us, and he's saying this is a requirement from our God, that we do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with him. Um, And because it says required, I firmly believe that when I stand before God, he's going to ask me, did you do justice? And I want to be able to say, yes, I did. Um, So what does doing justice look like for the local church and for those of us who don't have law degrees? Uh, Doing justice, uh, in our eyes, with the IJM at CME chapter, we believe that looks a lot like prayer, advocacy, and giving. Those are really our three big roles, uh, and those are three things that we can do every single day of our lives. Um, I want to start by just talking about prayer. Um, there is so much power in prayer, uh, and if you haven't experienced that or seen that, just trust me, it's pretty unreal uh, what happens through prayer. Um, IJM... Uh, 30 minutes of every day, all of their staff has to stop and spend 30 minutes of every day in prayer. They've got over 900 staff. That means they pay over 900 people to pray every day. They spend thousands of dollars every day to have their staff pray just because they believe in how much power prayer has. Um, So I just want to share with you a little story. Um, This is from Benjamin Nolo, who is the founder of Exodus Cry, which is... um, an anti-sex slavery organization based out of Kansas City. Uh, When he first learned about um, sex trafficking, uh, this is what he did. He said, "Uh, Two days after initially learning about the injustice, as a first step, I gathered with about four to 500 people in a prayer meeting to pray and ask God to end injustice of sex slavery. For two hours, we labored in intercession, praying that God would set captives free and open up doors for the authorities to take meaningful action. A day and a half later, a a huge human trafficking bust occurred. More than 2,300 suspects were found and investigated in 77 countries. News articles indicated that it was the largest bust of its kind in history. 
It was an unprecedented global strike against child trafficking. Reports in newspapers indicated that there was no explanation for this. Normally, the identification of perpetrators is like finding a needle in a haystack. It was surprising that anyone had been found at all, let alone 2,300 people. We believe God is confirming his own zeal over the issue and validating our place in the fight. I want to encourage you, if there's nothing else you can do, we can all just pray for these people. That is something we could do every single day is just pray for the lost, that they'd be found and that the wrong would be brought to the light. There's a lot of power in our prayers. Um, Our second responsibility is advocacy. So advocacy can look like um, many different things, um, but I really just like to look at what Jesus' role as the advocate was. Uh, So another name for Jesus was the advocate. In 1 John 2.1, he says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father with the Father, Jesus Christ, uh, the righteous. So that means that when we stand before the Lord, Jesus is going to be the one saying, I knew them. I spent their entire life they spent with me, their life they spent with me. Jesus is the one advocating for us on behalf of the Lord. So uh, our role is to be advocates on behalf of the poor and to say, um, if you're going to hurt that person, I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to support it, uh, and I'm not going to ignore it. Uh, so advocacy could look like several things. Um, in the past, with our group, it has looked like you know, calling senators, signing petitions, uh, asking for funding, things like that, um, which those are all really great things, really effective things. Um, but really, what I think is probably the best example of advocacy that I've seen just in the last 10 years or so uh, was what the United Kingdom did with the Kit Kat. Um, so you all heard that, um, that letter um, from the child uh, in, on the, the chocolate farm, from the cocoa farm. Um, right now, 70% of the world's uh, cocoa used to make chocolate uh, comes from Cote d'Ivoire and the Ivory Coast, which is on the western side of Africa, 70%. Um, and right now, in that region, there are 2.3 million children who are slaves um, who are forced to harvest that, that chocolate or that, that cocoa. Um, so... The, the companies that often get their cocoa from here are kind of the big-name people like Nestle, Hershey's, um, Mars, and us in America, we really love chocolate, so they make a lot of money um, harvesting in those regions. Uh, so what the United Kingdom did, they are the second largest purchaser of the Kit Kat, second to Japan. Um, it's kind of the UK's favorite treat. Uh, but when they found out about kind of the injustice being done in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, a group planned a boycott of the Kit Kat until Nestle came out with a fair trade option. Um, so they refused to buy Kit Kats, and then when Nestle gave in, uh, they came out with a fair trade Kit Kat, provided fair wages for over 6,000 farmers, and now uh, the, the fair trade Kit Kat is Nestle's largest selling product. Um, so really, this is what advocacy, I think, looks like on our part, is a lot of the things we buy every day as consumers um, were made by people in other countries who weren't getting paid quite enough to do it. Um, so our responsibility is to demand on behalf of, uh, on behalf of the people making it that they, they get to make a little bit more. So we're the ones who have to tell businesses, like, I'm not going to buy this unless you support the people that are making it. Um, that's just a wonderful example um, of advocacy. Another, another example would be with Walmart. Um, Walmart was... Uh, was accused of having slavery in their, in their uh, supply chain in their fisheries in Thailand. 
Um, so there were, there were slaves working on the fishing ships in Thailand where Walmart was getting its fish. Uh, consumers found out about this, and they told Walmart to change. So Walmart partnered with IJM, and they went into Thailand, and they worked with the fisheries. Um, and now uh, those fishermen are getting fair wages. So uh, really, it's the responsibility of consumers to be the ones to say um, what we will and won't buy. And if we say, we're not going to buy this if you're going to support slavery, um, that's what advocacy looks like for us. Um, our last responsibility, uh, I believe, is giving. So I've been going to this church for a while. I know what a generous church this is. I know I don't have to say much about giving to you guys um, because this really is a church where, where giving is just, it just comes naturally. Um, it's such a generous church. Um, but I just want you to know I experience really great joy in being able to give to IJM and support people in slavery. Uh, and I truly hope that you can experience that joy as well. Um, that verse that was read earlier about Lazarus and the rich man, that was a parable Jesus gave. Um, and, and Jesus didn't choose uh, the name Lazarus just randomly. The name Lazarus actually has a specific meaning. The name Lazarus means the one God saved. Uh, so I'd like to encourage you uh, that Jesus is going to end slavery, that slavery will end, um, and, and Jesus is going to set the captives free. No matter what we do, Jesus is going to end slavery. Um, one day or another, the invitation is that we get to be a part of it and that we get to not be the rich man, but we can support Lazarus, we can support the, the enslaved, uh, and we can not choose to ignore. Uh, so that would be my encouragement to you. Uh, I just want to quickly end here before we get to uh, have a time where we'll practice all these things. We're, we're going to practice being together in prayer. Uh, we're going to take an offering, and then there's also some opportunity for advocacy at the end out in the lobby. Uh, but before we break into prayer groups, uh, I want to just give you some great news from IJM. Uh, this month, 76 victims of trafficking were rescued from a jewelry factory in southern India. Uh, most of the victims were abducted about 10 years ago from West Bengal. So just so you know, West Bengal is right on the corner, or, or right on the edge of India and Bangladesh, where we support our brothers and sisters in Foursquare Bangladesh. So the people we're supporting, the Christians we're supporting, they're the ones that are at most risk to be trafficked. So it's a wonderful thing that we're supporting uh, Foursquare Bangladesh as well. Um, so in West Bengal, right on the border of Bangladesh, where we support our Christian brothers, uh, the young men were working for no wages, making gold products, and now they're free in an aftercare programs where they can recover uh, and come to know Jesus as their Savior. So thank you so much for listening to me talk about this issue that weighs heavy on my heart. Um, I hope that um, you can bear with me and feeling this issue as well. On your seats uh, are cards that IJM sent us. They're prayer requests. Um, so I'd encourage you uh, to gather in groups, and we can pray over the things that they sent us, and we can um, pray together and just whatever God is leading on your heart. Um, yes, so please, let's, uh, let's come together. <laughs>